Thank you for tuning in to the sermon podcast from Redeeming Hope. We exist as a family of faith that follows Jesus and helps others find him by living all of life as missionaries of hope. If you want more information about our church or would like to support our ministry, go to our website at redeeminghope.org. Please enjoy the sermon podcast. Today, we are concluding the first part of our series on the Holy Spirit called Present. So we're wrapping up looking at the Holy Spirit as a person and how he has a role throughout human history and how he has a personhood that does real things in the world. So on this last time of looking at the person of the Holy Spirit, we're looking specifically today at the person of the Holy Spirit and the scriptures. Just a reminder of our definition of the person of the Holy Spirit. This is how we would define him as a person. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, God's indwelling and empowering presence within his believers and his external presence throughout the world. The Holy Spirit sustains and accomplishes what God wills, what God the Father wills, and Jesus inaugurates. And so with that said, our main point for today and for this message is the person of the Holy Spirit inspired, directed, preserves, and sustains and accomplishes God's word in us through the work of Jesus. So we're looking at essentially how the Holy Spirit has directed, guided, um, and preserved the the scriptures throughout history. And we're going to look at kind of three points today. We're going to see how the Holy Spirit teaches and reveals God's truth to us kind of in general. We're going to see specifically how the Holy Spirit specially directed the writing of all scriptures. And then finally, we're going to see how the Holy Spirit speaks to us through the scriptures. So I want to begin as we talk about this that by just acknowledging that there is a lot of questions about the Bible. This book is difficult to understand. We'll actually read a text of scripture later that's in the Bible that says this is difficult to understand. And so I I just want to begin by acknowledging if you're struggling to understand the Bible, that is okay. And if you're joining us and you're not sure whether this is true and you've got questions about this book, about the Bible, I want you to know that I genuinely want you to know that you are welcome here with us. That's why we include that as part of our values because I want you to feel like you can ask questions, that, that there's no question that's off the table. But specifically for this message today, I want to tell you what I'm not going to do and I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. So what we're not going to do today is answer all the questions about the Bible and the validity of the Bible. I'm actually not going to give you evidence of the Bible's reliability and I'm not going to give external evidence of the Bible's validity either. And I I just want you to know that that's not because I don't want to engage with that. It's just for this specific sermon series, I want us to talk about the Holy Spirit's role in the scripture. So I do want us to engage with, is the Bible valid and why? And is there external evidence that proves the Bible? And I really want us as a church family to operate with faith that is informed by logic and reason. So I want to be very clear on that. I'm not assuming that if you're watching this that you believe the Bible is true or is the word of God or is inerrant in its original manuscripts that it was written in. I'm not assuming that. But And and there is another time and a place for us to look at the inerrancy of the Bible and the validity of the Bible and the reliability of the Bible. But that's just not today. What we are going to do today is show how the person of the Holy Spirit inspired, directed, currently preserves, and he currently sustains and accomplishes God's word in us through 
the work of Jesus. And so really what we're looking at is how the Holy Spirit is the revealer. He's the revelator. He's the one who is revealing to us the message of God for us. He is key to the development of the scriptures. And I felt like it was very fitting to end talking about the person of the Holy Spirit by showing us how this person of the Holy Spirit, this third person of the Trinity, has directed and guided God's truth to his people. So first, I want to begin by looking at how the Holy Spirit teaches and reveals God's truth to us, kind of on a general level, okay? So that's part of his role within the Trinity, is to teach and reveal God's truth to us. Look with me at John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, this is Jesus talking, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. My friends, the Holy Spirit is teaching and reminding us of God's truth. He's meant to be a teacher, and this implies that you and I have stuff to learn about who God is, and that actually God himself becomes our teacher by indwelling his people. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Not only that, but he says, I'm going to bring to remembrance. And remember who Jesus is speaking to. He's speaking to his disciples here. These are some of the disciples who would go on and write some of these books of the Bible that we have here in the scriptures. And so what he saying is that I'm going to bring to remembrance what I've done. I'm going to bring to remembrance my teachings. And I think part of that is he's giving us a clue as to how he's going to write the New Testament, how God is going to write the New Testament through his disciples as he says, I'm going to bring to your mind the things that you need to remember so that you can record it correctly. But essentially, the Holy Spirit is helping us learn more about God from God himself because the Holy Spirit is God. Next thing that we see that the Holy Spirit does is he, he reveals God's truth to his people directly. Look with me at Ephesians 1, 16 to 17. This is Paul praying a prayer. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of of him. My friends, God's spirit is in us. He is revealing God's secret wisdom. He's revealing and uncovering who God is, and he is doing that to us directly through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the life of those who choose to follow Jesus. So he's, he's teaching and reminding us of God's truth kind of in a general sense, right? He's, he's directly revealing God's truth to his people, but then look at also, it says that he's revealing God's truth through others, that actually the Holy Spirit is revealing God's truth through the apostles and the prophets. Ephesians 3, 4 to 5. When you read this, this is Paul writing, he says, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So we don't just receive direct truth from the Holy Spirit, but the truth of God has also revealed truth to apostles and prophets who then wrote these things down so that you and I can be the beneficiaries of their cataloging and recording of God's Spirit in them. So we see that the kind of the general responsibility of the person of the Holy Spirit is to teach and reveal God's truth to us. Not only that, but we then move on to see that the Holy Spirit specifically directed the writing of all scriptures. Look with me as we begin at 2 Peter 1, 16 to 18. 
For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic majesty, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves, we heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. My friends, the, the, Peter is saying we are eyewitnesses to Jesus. Let's continue on reading 2 Peter 1, 19 to 21. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of men but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So essentially what Peter is saying is I saw it face to face. I saw Jesus with my own eyes. I saw him on the Mount of Transfiguration. That's what he's referring to, where, where Jesus revealed his glory. God, God the Father spoke from heaven that said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And he says that I, we didn't follow myths these aren't cleverly devised myths, but we actually were eyewitnesses to Jesus himself and his majesty, right? And it says we were with him. But then what's very interesting is that the very next verse says, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed. Now, that's kind of interesting he says that. He says we were eyewitnesses. What is more fully confirmed than an eyewitness account? He says, actually, there's a greater confirmation than seeing it with our own eyes. He says, this is not just our interpretation of events. What he's saying, the greater confirmation, even than his own eyewitness account, is that it is directly from the Holy Spirit. What he's saying is that the Holy Spirit himself said these words. He said, we are, he says, no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Now that word carried along is very important. That word in kind of a general sense means to be borne along or carried along like a ship moving rapidly in a storm, right? So you got to think if you're in a ship, if you're in first century um, uh, med the Mediterranean Sea, right? And you're in a ship and it's got all these um, sails up, full sails, and there's a storm at your back, and it's just driving you forward. You are being carried along. You're being borne along. You're being, you're being moved forward at a rapid pace. Now, what's also interesting about this word, it was used elsewhere in relation to scribes. Now, if you were a Jewish boy um, and you were in the educational track, um, you would essentially show up when you were learning how to write, and they would give you a chalkboard, and they would give you some chalk and you would start to learn how to write Hebrew letters on the chalk, right? Because you, you, um, you didn't have a spiral-bound notebook and ballpoint pens and number two pencils back in the first century, right? So you'd have a chalkboard, you have some chalk, and that's how you would learn how to form the, the letters and the phrases and the words, right? Now, this is what a rabbi would do if he's teaching you. At times, he would come along, and you would be holding the chalk, okay? And he would place his hand over your hand, and he would move your hand along. That's the same word as carried along. So essentially what we get is that if you think in that analogy, where the little boy has a chalkboard and the chalk, it's still him writing, right? 
but he's being helped along, carried along by the rabbi who is teaching his little muscles how to form the muscle memory to write the letters and the words, right? Well, that's what the Holy Spirit does. It's still the original author's language. It's still their stories. It's still their personality. But, but God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, was inspiring them, carrying them along, putting like his hand over their hand with the pen, with the quill, helping them bore along. It was specifically, the writing of scriptures were specifically directed by the Holy Spirit. So it's the original language of the author, but God's precise words. And let me give you a quote from uh, Old Testament survey. And this might help maybe explain it a little bit more. God did not dictate every word of the Bible. Rather, his spirit so pervaded the mind of the human writer that he chose out of his own vocabulary and experience precisely those words, thoughts, and expressions that conveyed God's message with precision. In this sense, the words of the human authors of Scripture can be viewed as the word of God. Now, we see, and I mentioned this, and I very specifically said the Holy Spirit specifically directed the writings of all scriptures. You'll see it up here in the corner. I don't know if I'm pointing to it correctly or not, but I'm going to kind of point to it because it's in the corner, right? So here's the deal. What are the scriptures? What are all the scriptures? Well, what we see in the New Testament is that Jesus quotes from 24 books of the Old Testament. So the Old Testament, he quotes from the majority of the Old Testament, and he refers to them as scripture. He refers to them as authoritative. He refers to them as the words of God. And then we actually see this really strange interaction between Peter's writings, right? Because Peter, 2 Peter specifically, talks a lot about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit was involved with the writing of the scriptures. But Peter says something very interesting about his friend Paul, who was also writing letters at the time. Look at what it says here. And it actually is kind of comical. 2 Peter 3 says, And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. Now we're going to leave this text up here for a second. So let's leave this text on the screen. And it says, count the patience of the Lord as salvation. But he says, Paul is also writing to you. Peter says this. Paul's writing to you words of affirmation. He's writing to you about wisdom. And it says that he speaks to them and it's difficult to understand. Like, remember, Paul was an educated man. Peter was a fisherman. They're both writing the scriptures in their own language, in their own style, carried on by the Holy Spirit. But look at what he says at the end. There are some things in them that are hard to understand. So the Bible even says, reading the Bible is hard. Sometimes it's difficult. But it says, as which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction. Listen to this, this key phrase though. As they do the other scriptures. And we can take that text off the screen, but that was this idea, as they do the other scriptures. So he's saying, as Paul is writing on the same level as the other scriptures. So what he's saying is that Paul's writings are scripture. They are inspired. They are coming directly from God. And then we see at the beginning of the book, Peter actually refers to himself and his own writings. Look at what he says in 2 Peter 1.19. He says, as we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place. He's saying, 
The stuff that I'm writing to you, you need to pay attention to. It's even more important than eyewitness accounts because it's directly being confirmed. It's more fully confirmed than eyewitness accounts. And this is like a light in a dark place. My friends, the Holy Spirit specifically directed the writing of all the scriptures. Now, we also see that he didn't just generally tells us truth. He doesn't just specifically direct the writing of the scriptures, but we also see that the Holy Spirit speaks to us through the scriptures. Look with me here at um, 2 Timothy 3. Paul is writing to his friend. He's writing to his spiritual son, Timothy, and he says these words. He says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing that from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now you see, first off, what Paul is saying, he's encouraging his friend Timothy, he's saying, don't forget the scriptures, don't forget where you came from, don't forget what you learned growing up. And he says that these scriptures are wise for salvation through faith. So he's saying you have to hear the message of the scriptures, believe them in your heart, and then obey by making Jesus Lord over your life. But then it says these words, all scripture, which again, remember, Peter is even acknowledging that Paul's writings are scripture. So he says, all scripture is God. Breathe. Now, if you remember, if you've been listening to our sermons from the past, um, the idea of breath and the idea of water is very strongly associated with the Holy Spirit. And specifically, this idea of breath is like life-giving. It's like how God breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life, and Adam became a living being out of dust. It's the same idea of the Holy Spirit proceeding from God to give life. And so God has created life behind the scriptures. He's breathed into them. These scriptures are coming right from the heart, right from the mouth, right from the life of God. It is, this is not a normal book. And we see this actually in Hebrews 4, verse 12. It says these words, For the word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This, this book has like literal, it says it's living, it's active. Now what gives this living book life? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works through the words, works through these pages to convict us of sin, to draw us into a deeper understanding of who Jesus is. It actually leads us to actually practice wisdom in our life. This is not a normal book because the Holy Spirit breathes his life into it as you are following him. So um, I'm just going to put this little graphic on the screen. So Jesus is the special person of God revealed. Now we see the Holy Spirit is the special heart of God revealed. We've been looking at how he is the heart of God. It says the, the, the Spirit of God knows how, this, how, what, how can we understand the thoughts of God except through the Spirit of God, right? So the, the Spirit of God is closely connected with, with our Father and with the Son. We understand who God is by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He's the special heart of God revealed. And what we see is the scriptures are the special words of God revealed. The Holy Spirit speaks through the scriptures. It speaks to us because the Holy Spirit breathes life into this book. It's not a normal book. Now, if you're joining us and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I just want to state this very upfront and plain. 
Some things in this book won't make sense until you begin to follow Jesus. And you don't have to believe every single word of this book to be a Christian. Now, that might be different than what you grew up with. The most important thing, what makes you a Christian, is not whether you believe every single word in the Bible is true, whether you believe in a literal six-day creation, whether you believe that there was a global flood or that Jonah got swallowed by a whale. What you need to believe is the basic essentials that we were created good, true, and beautiful, we were broken because mankind ran away from God, and that Jesus comes, takes the punishment that we deserve for our brokenness, and gives us all of his goodness, and is inviting us to make him Lord over our life. Like, if you believe that, and you hear that message, you believe it's true for you, and you obey it by making Jesus Lord over your life, that's what makes you a Christian. And you don't have to have all your ducks in a row to do this. I want you to be confident in that you believe the basic essentials of the gospel. And then when you do that, then this begins to make more sense. And actually, as you begin to have the Holy Spirit that indwells within you, which we're actually talking about next week, it'll actually begin to make more sense. And you don't have to have all of your questions answered in order to follow Jesus. You just have to have the basic essentials there. But I truly want to invite you to do that. I want to invite you to, to believe these things so that you can actually, when you read the Bible, it will become powerful and effective for you. Now, my friends, if you are a follower of Jesus and you're watching this today, you can read this book all day long and get nothing out of it and waste your time. Now, I know, again, you're like, you're telling me not to read the Bible? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you can read this in such a way with pride and with arrogance that will make the words of this book ineffective for you. My friends, the call to read the Bible is to be humble and receptive to God's spirit. And unless you're humble and receptive, it won't do anything. Because here's the deal. This is not about knowledge transfer. If it was, then Jesus would have just got behind a lectern and taught us for three years. But it's not. He lived life together. These are stories. These are narratives. This isn't a bullet point outline, right? This is not about knowledge transfer. This is about heart change. And there's a way to read the Bible where we stand like we're over it right? We're like, we're going to study it and we're going to master it so that we can prove ourselves to everybody else around us that we're good. And quite frankly, that happens a lot at Bible colleges. And quite frankly, that's what I did for many years. But then there's another way to read it where actually you come under the text of scripture, where you come under it in humility, where you let this, these words have authority in your life. You let these words change you and you open your heart to the Holy Spirit's power working through these words so that you can be receptive, so you can see the life of Jesus pouring into your life as you're reading this, as you're receiving this, right? It's, letting, it's, it's reading the Bible, but it's also letting the Bible read you and change you. And the scriptures and the Spirit work in tandem. So the scriptures, the, the Spirit speaks through the scriptures. So you will actually know the Holy Spirit. You'll know his language. You'll know his heart as you spend time reading these words and then listening to the Holy Spirit speaking to you through these words. So, so, so the Spirit speaks through the scriptures when you read them. But not only that, the scriptures speak through the Spirit. So the power to change your life actually comes through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, not just by reading the words on the page. Right? So do you see how this, the Spirit speaks through the Scriptures, but the Scriptures also speak through the Spirit who is residing within us. It's not about knowledge transfer. It's the interplay between us coming in humility, reading these words, understanding the Holy Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit speaking through the words of Scripture to change us 
and make us more like Jesus. My friends, we read the Bible in submission to the Holy Spirit. We need both, truly, to be effective. I hope this was a helpful understanding on the person of the Holy Spirit and his work throughout the scriptures. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. Thank you for watching this. I'm so grateful that you're faithful week in and week out to watch this message. I hope you have a great week, and I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. We gather every Sunday at the Clarksville area YMCA. For more information, please go to our website at redeeminghope.org.